Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to episode 17 of our Kardashian bonus show. I have to say, I loved this episode. You know what I did too. Okay, so full disclosure, Julie and I did not watch this one together, right? I know it was heartbreaking. It, it was hard. It, it, there's no. Comparison. It took a second. I was like, "How is that possible?" No, well, were, we weren't together. There's no comparison for how much more I enjoy it when we're physically together because we can pause it, we can discuss. But I almost, for sake of the podcast, I almost think it's better when we don't because we never like this will be our first time really talking about everything. That's true. You know what Although I mean? Although you do this thing when we watch together, where like you don't <laughs> speak the whole episode, and then all of a sudden on the next day on the podcast, you're like, "I love that part." I was laughing so hard. I was like, "I didn't hear you say a <laughs> fucking word." I know. I think I like like subconsciously save it. Yeah, it's all for you guys. Okay, so we're just going to totally do a full recap because we have so many things to say. I want to start out by the first scene, which was we got so many DMs about this. It was Scott, Courtney, and Rain in the kitchen of Courtney's house. Holy fuck, Rain no, is, Rain is no. so cute. I feel like as we're talking, we need a sliding graph of Rain like coming to steal Saint's spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. This kid is cuter by the week. You know what? It's all about personality. That's why. He and I just think that Saint's a little shy. Is honestly what Shane's, I think it is. Saint's very shy. Rain is sitting in the kitchen doing these faces, and there's there were so many different things to this. Number one, Courtney and Scott's dynamic. Like I know we talk about it all the time, but their co-parenting really is incredible. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number two, the way Scott engages with Rain. It's not like forgetting about being how hot it is. It's he's such a good and engaged father. Yeah. He's like the ultimate hype man. He's the ultimate hype man. Like he he couldn't, he wanted Rain to know how excited he was about these like very non. <laughs> like, yeah, Rain's non- like literally sticking his tongue out. And Scott's like, do that again. <laughs> Let me see. What? You make that face. And Rain's like, I can do this one also. And Scott's like, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, Who yeah. taught you how to do that? It was, it was just so good. Like literally nothing profound happened. It was the three of them sitting in the kitchen and we still think that it was like cinematic genius. I like these little like opening scenes that they do. I do too. Better than like a total fake plot line. Like if they would have started first scene with That's the fake That's why I like this episode. 
There was no stupid plot line in it. That's how I felt. Camping a little? No, camping was adorable. But I'm saying it was a little bit of a filler. It wasn't. Okay, it was a little bit of a filler, but it wasn't like, let's have them purposely do this for the sake of, of an episode. I, ha- I know what it was. It wasn't the actual camping. It was the shopping with Jonathan that was the filler. Oh, yeah, but but it was that wasn't a plot. Like, what I mean is, like, when they do that thing where they, like, prank Chris in one episode, and it's like, it goes on for the whole episode. I'm not obviously not talking about Todd Cranes, but, like, it's enough. I don't care about yeah. this. No, you're right. Okay. Scene two is Chloe, Scott, and Malika at lunch together. <laughs> Which, oh. I love that pairing. I just love no, it. No, it's amazing. I love when Scott just shows up. I feel like he's just so happy to be involved that he'll go out, like, with any pairing of people. Do you know how I always, this is a compliment that I always give you, that like, you're one of my friends where I feel like I could bring you to any sort of event and you'd be able to mesh in any group? Yeah. That's how I feel about Scott. Yes. You can bring him around the grandparents. He'd do amazing. You know bring why? The kids. Because at heart, me and Scott are both yentas. Yeah. I mean, That's he was, what it is. He's a Jewish yenta. That's what it is. Yeah, it's amazing. We we don't talk about the fact that he's Jewish enough, by the way. I know. Like that one episode where he like decided to like go to temple and he oh, Scotty Yamaka. Scotty. No, that's why we don't talk about it enough. You know that meme that we did one time where it's like with the heartbeat meme when we did it with Chloe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, Daddy Scott, Uncle Scott, Scotty Yamaka. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. That's Maybe that really should be the funny. title. Okay, keep going. Okay, so this part was funny to me. Chloe's talking, Chloe's saying how Mason called her and was like, when are you back? I want to see you. And she was like, weren't you just throwing up everywhere? Like, I'm not going near you. And she like goes on to say that he was like, oh, I want to come to Cleveland with you. And that's when she asked Malika. But I had this moment when Chloe was talking about Mason being sick where it was like, obviously it's so logical. I was like, celebrity kids get sick. Like, yeah. it's kind of like when your dad gets sick and it's like, you would do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such a good point. You, but also specifically Courtney's kids. Yeah. Don't you feel like they just have so much vitamin C and like Manuka honey in their systems that they just, it doesn't even enter yeah. them? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I feel like their immune systems are the highest. Yeah. Like they, they like, literally. What is, what is, what is Mason even throwing up? No, she like streamlines echinacea is how I feel. Do you know what I mean? I don't mean? know any of the words you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of any of these. What's vitamin C? <laughs> I, I feel that way. Though. And, but I have to say there's no, I would imagine there's no better house to get sick in than Courtney's house. You know she has like the most amazing natural chicken soup already on. The, like I feel like she always has a pot of chicken soup on the stove just in case. Yeah, but it's like bone broth. That's different than chicken soup. Yes. Let me tell you something. I would take my mom's chicken soup over Courtney's bone broth any fucking day of the week. Jody, that should be a huge compliment. Oh, she knows. <laughs> what else happened in that scene? Anything else major? Um, oh, oh, this, this one thing important. where that they were talking about where she was saying about Tristan's schedule and they were like, what is what time does like Tristan go to bed usually? I don't know why that came up. And she was like, well, it depends. On game days, he has so much adrenaline after a game that he usually doesn't go to sleep till 4 a.m. And she was like, and then, of course, I have to be up till 4 a.m. And they were all kind of like, why do you have to be up? Like, no one says you have to be up for you. She's like, yeah, but that's like the only time we get to spend together. She also said that he takes a pregame nap and that because she knows she has to be up after the game, she... Um, she sleeps, she like naps with him before the game because she like knows she needs energy. Literally, Tristan is like having a baby. That was my first thought. It's so funny you thought that separately also. When I was watching it, I was like, she treats this man, which we'll get into the later scene when she's literally just like making his bed, but she treats him like a, a child slash king. You know what I mean? It's very weird. It's very, it's just the most interesting dynamic. And the thing about it is like, w- first of all, who says that? Like I have to be up for like. If we didn't get to spend time together, like, obviously, A, something's not working, and Tristan is just not one to, you know, deviate from his own schedule. And I think that's the issue where it's, like, Chloe's so okay with that, where she's like, oh, of course, take your pregame nap and your practice, and then you'll be up at 4 a.m., and I'll just stay up with you so we can spend time together. You know, Tristan probably doesn't want her up at 4 a.m. 
I don't know. I mean, I, I go back and forth. I think this is the issue. This is honestly what I think the issue is. I go back and forth on one hand being like, you know, that must be really hard to date a professional athlete. And I bet that if you looked at a lot of professional athlete relationships that the wives, or in, I guess in certain cases, the husbands have to, uh, you know, have to play that role kind of, of taking on these really weird time slots and all that kind of stuff. Yes. So, but what I'm, what I'm saying is, I think that because I know Tristan's character is why I'm so upset by this. Whereas if it was Eric and Jesse James Decker, I'd think of like, oh, of course she's up till 4 a.m. But, I think- but the other difference is it's not even his character. It's that she's saying it, I have to be up till 4 a.m. Like, it's like she sounds like she doesn't, like it doesn't feel like a choice for her. Whereas if Eric and Jesse James Decker were talking, she'd be like, oh my God, of course I'm up at 4 a.m. Like, I want to stay, spend every minute with him. Well, I think that the, the theme, I think that that kind of just plays into the theme of this whole episode, which was that she was really doing everything in her power to salvage the relationship. And part of that was just spending as much physical time with him that she can. Like this episode to me really outlined how much of a struggle it was for her. Yeah, because it wasn't her going back and forth to Cleveland was always a bitch. But now that she has a kid, it's a whole other level. Yeah. And I don't know. It really upset me. No, I know. This was a turning point. Yeah, it was. And and we're going to get into it more when she's at his house physically because I feel like that was a whole whole other thing. We'll get into it. Okay, so the next scene was Scott and MJ, which, as you know, is our absolute favorite. No, it's my favorite. It's my favorite in the whole world. And they were at Scott's house, which I want to say when they panned to the one— uh, staircase, it confirmed to me that his birthday party was definitely at his house because that was that same staircase. Yes. yes. <laughs> and that is how you know you are psychotic. Like literally that was my first <laughs> thought. I was like, oh my God, okay, so Sophia's Snapchat was obviously his. Because we never see a ton of his house. Yeah. And the lights were off, I couldn't really tell. Which is weird that he wouldn't show it off more because it's like obviously his design and he's coming out flip it like Jessica. You'd think he'd be like, this is my house that I designed. But if he has Chris Jenner behind him, maybe he's planning a house tour right before the premiere of Flip It Like Disick. Like a vlog? Yeah. Oh, wait, guys. We no, can't no, 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 no. I can't talk about okay, it yet. Not in this episode, but in the episode with Brad, which is going to air tomorrow, we're going to talk about Kylie's vlog because holy shit. Wait, I have to tell everyone, it just came out last night. So if you didn't watch it, literally pause this and go watch it. It's 19 minutes. She vlogs for the first time. Ha ha, you guys have homework. <laughs> no, no, you're going to love it. It was amazing. It was a day in the life. It was insane. She showed us, she took us through the entire like, Kylie Cosmetics office. Oh my God, it was insane. Okay, anyway. So they're at they're at Scott's house and MJ's there and he comes downstairs and she's like, oh, did I wake you up? And he's like, no, I was up at six. He's like, Mason, you know, Mason wants to go to the coffee bean. He has his whole morning routine, so I'm up with him. It's just like, literally, fuck me. Who is, I know. He, no, I know. He's so sexy. I can't. Okay, I have to say something. So this whole, basically this scene was just him explaining to uh, MJ why Talentless, his new clothing line, is going to be a success. And she didn't really understand the name Talentless. And he was explaining how it's just a play on words because everybody says that they have no talent. And she's so like cute and innocent. She's like, why don't you just make it talented? Like, yeah. I think you're so talented. <laughs> yeah. And he talks about the whole clothing line. That was it. But whatever. The real point about this episode was just seeing Scott's interaction. And Carly, who's our kind of intern slash best friend, was sitting with me. And she's like, you know what I think makes Scott so hot? She's like, he's an attainable hot. Yeah. She's like, he's not like a Liam Hemsworth. He's like an actual like Jewish guy that could be in a frat at Syracuse. And I was like, you know what? Which I think is so much hotter. It, but it was such— not, not hotter, but more attractive, I guess. More attractive because it's more like realistic. It's yeah. not like a movie star. It's not like a Brad Pitt of like, holy shit. It's kind of like, hey, wouldn't be the craziest thing if I was drunk one night in college. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like— I'm, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. Why? Like, it, there's just something more attractive about the fact that it's like you're with somebody that isn't like, you're not looking at them like, oh my God, you are so fucking attractive that it's like, 
out of reach or yeah. like you feel insecure because they're so much more attractive. Totally, totally. Although I will say ever since I watched that GQ video, every time he comes on camera, I do notice like, wow, he is always really tan. Yeah, he's glowing. He's glowing. He's glowing with blue eyes. That's what it is. He's always glowing. Think of your kid's eyes. Mine and his? Yeah. Holy fuck. They tear all over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one's going to get that joke. Okay. So moving on to the next scene. Oh, which- wait. No, no, no. We forgot an important part about that. The, the important part is that when Chris was there or that's just when MJ's there? I think it was just MJ. Okay, never mind. It's not the important part yet. Okay. Moving on to the next scene, which was Kim and Courtney, and they're talking about how they're going to make Finstas, saying how Kendall and Kylie already have it. I don't know if anyone else did this. I fucking paused that show and just like freaked out for 10 minutes about the fact that the Kardashians have Finstas that may potentially be— I know. We have Chloe come tweeted. With. Chloe tweeted, and she was like, yeah, we should figure out a way to check if those are falling. Um, that I wouldn't be surprised about, by the way. Anyways, Chloe tweeted and was like, I used it once and I I never saw the point of it, but like Courtney made it for me. But I think, like, I imagine that Kylie uses hers a lot. I think she's the only one that does. And Kendall, maybe, because Kendall's so mysterious. Yeah. I could see that. Because uh, God forbid, like, if a, let's say you know, they really want to watch someone's story. Like, if you are any sort of thirst-hungry person and you see that the Kardashians watch your story, you're going to post that on your story. So they can't really watch stories freely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we would never do— That's They one can't thing. do anything. They can't pose. Like, think about it. Kylie probably—think about the pictures of Stormies that are on their fences. I can only imagine. Or, all like, all of them. There's so many behind-the-scenes photos that we probably are just not privy to, which makes sense. It's so true. So, they also were talking about how uh, Kim was saying how North gets upset when she sees her in hair and makeup because it means that she was getting ready which to leave. Which she said before a couple of which times. Which she said yeah. before. It's just so funny, like, that that's a thing. You know what I mean? That's such an example of, like, a celebrity child. yeah. But I guess, like, if I were to see, like, when I was little and I saw my mom putting on makeup, I'd, like, know that she was going out. No, of course, but it's just funny that it's, like, full glam. Yeah. Like, oh, of yeah. course. Like, when the glam team comes into the closet, that's it's when, like, you know. like, oh, mommy's leaving. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And also, this is when Kim introduces the idea of them going camping, saying that North saw the parent trap and she wants to go camping. No, I, the funniest part about this, I know you're about to say because I wrote it down, was the fact that she saw that. That scene, which was the camping scene in Parent Trap, I was like, I want to go camping. Who draws that conclusion from that scene in the Parent Trap where they like literally torture? I have no idea. That's that's the Kanye North though. She's like a little bit, she likes that a little bit. Yeah, she like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they like put her out into the, when they put Meredith Blake out on the air mattress into the ocean and she was like, I have to do that. Yeah. She was probably so upset that like they were sleeping in tents and she couldn't put her mom in the ocean. No, that she couldn't put Saint. <laughs> no, n- you know North would have put Larsa in the, yeah, in the water. Yeah, she in the could. <laughs> so this is, but it was so funny. Kim, this was the most Libra Kim ever. Like, sorry, but it really was. She was like, and she was so true about is it. Is she a Libra? That, yeah. And I was screaming at the TV being like, I feel you. She's like, camping is the last fucking thing in the world that I want to do. And I was like, Kim, I have never related to you more. I respect people that do it, but I physically will never, for the life of me, understand the appeal. <laughs> I don't think that's a Libra thing, Em. I think that's just a thing. It is a thing, but her she's very vain, and that is a, that's a, a trait of Libras. Listen, I I wouldn't go camping if my life. I know, but I'm just it. saying the way she she is like she's always been. She, she, I don't know. It was just the most Kim scene yeah. ever, and I related to it so intensely. No, I I agree with you. It's like your that's like if my kid wanted to go camping. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was trying to think of something more relatable, but yeah. <laughs> It'd be like if your kid wanted to go camping. Yeah, but wouldn't you think that maybe in that situation, I guess Kanye's not going camping either. No, I think Kanye would go camping. <laughs> I know I do. I think he's like, I think Kanye is like a weird nature guy sometimes, and that's where North gets it from. 
Really? Yeah. I do. I think that he would be one, but I, I don't think he would do it the way they did it. I think he would obviously bring an air mattress. Yeah, exactly. I was shocked they didn't have air mattresses when they went camping. They didn't have them on, on camera. I don't know. I mean, I they guess probably maybe, slept but- in an RV. Come on. Why wouldn't they have done that? That's campy. They totally did. Okay, moving on to the next scene, which was Kim and Malika at Kim's house. And again, Julie and I always really love seeing Malika interact with the other siblings when Chloe isn't there, just because I think it's a different kind of dynamic. In a way, it's almost like when we used to see Jordan and Kim talk. You know what I mean? Yeah, or Jordan and Chloe. Or Jordan and Chloe. Oh, God. Or really just any anyone of the sort. Or like uh, Larsa and any of them. So... Kim was saying that she can't wait for the other the baby to come because it's kind of like she's on maternity leave. No one really expects anything of her. Even though she didn't technically have the kid, she gets that time off. And she was like, yeah, we can just like sleep and eat and not do anything. And I I don't know. I hadn't thought about it like that for some reason. That she gets maternity leave from law school? Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I guess when you're thinking about people being like, quote, self-employed or in their own track on law school, you don't really think about them getting time off. But the thing is that she has to spend 18 hours a week for law school, and you can't expect a, a person who just had a baby to put in 18 hours a week, regardless of whether they're Kim Kardashian or just like a normal person that wouldn't have a nanny no, right away. Totally. And she also was talking to Malika, because Malika wasn't in Bali, about their readings, which were two parts. On one part, she says how the medium told her that this next baby is going to be her father, Rob Kardashian, reincarnated, which I totally believe. Don't yeah. you? Yeah. And the second thing was that she's like, yeah, so did Chloe tell you about her reading? And Malika's like, no, which, by the way, is so classic. That Chloe didn't say anything. That Chloe didn't say yeah. anything. I think Chloe was holding on to every single aspect of that relationship in, like, the deepest level. I think I think Chloe was upset that Kim was there, but she did say it to Courtney after. Like, she did say, like, my reading said that, like, I have trust issues and whatever. But I think that if Kim wasn't there and she had had the reading on her own and just had gotten that information, that she wouldn't have told either of them. <laughs> if it wasn't on camera. Yeah. Yeah. I think also, though, because she knows that Malika is such a bulldog when it comes to being protective of her, that it's almost like she doesn't want to fuel the fire unless she has to. Well, that's what I was saying, like, as they as they get more into it later in the episode where Malika is asking her questions, that it's like, I think the only, I think the reason Malika had to be the one to ask those questions is because everyone else is afraid to ask Chloe, whereas Malika's like, fuck this, I'm not going to be afraid, I have to ask her this. Malika has a very unique situation in the family, not only in her relationship to Chloe, but also in the sense that I think the other members find comfort in knowing that she can get things out of Chloe that they necessarily can't. Right. You know what I mean? Okay, so now let's go to Camp Moore, where Jonathan and Kim decide to shop, Like, which I have to say, this was, as I was talking about a filler scene. That was a filler scene. Filler scene beyond, but I would have done sick shit to be there. Yeah. And just, like, witness Kim Kardashian in her snakeskin pants, like, white heels. The only person that I can picture camping less than Kim is Jonathan. Yeah. (laughs) It's the only one. Also, Kim picks up sour Skittles, and I was like, was that for me? I saw that, too. (laughs) It was the first thing I noticed. I was like, that bitch got sour Skittles in her hand. They're, they're like, just going through the the store, uh, buying stuff. And the funniest thing was when when they're picking out sleeping bags. And and Jonathan's like, oh, like, are you going to do muted colors? And she's like, of course. We're doing, like, nudes and pages. And I was like— She's like, I'm not going to sleep in a neon sleeping bag. Are you kidding? (laughs) God forbid. That was was because, like, Kanye wouldn't have approved, I feel like. I know, but that's Kim's mindset now, too. Yeah, she's—well, when your house is literally all off-white, I feel like you see color and you just freak out. It's the Jojo Siwa effect. I see color and I freak out. I know. <laughs> yeah, Personally. Because you have vicariously adopted. Adopted, yeah. yeah. That's when you know. That I've been spending too much time with Kanye. Yeah. Or adjacent to Kanye. <laughs> Stalking Kanye. <laughs> Traumatized by Neon because of 
Kanye's traumatization. Trust me, though, literally, even if I never met Kanye, I would still be traumatized by neon. They used to make me highlight. You never met Kanye. (laughs) Okay, I forgot. (laughs) You just fell out of your chair. Even if I had never been introduced to Kanye as a human being or as an entity, I would still be afraid. When they used to make us use highlighters in school, I was like, this color is heinous. I'm not using it. Wait, you always do that. Like, remember one time we were talking about Cardi and you were like, yeah, like before I was friends with Offset. I was like, You're not I bet Hennessy once though. The fu- did we ever tell them about that? I don't know. Wait, I have to just say it again, even if we did. We were at the Us Weekly, like most stylish New Yorker party last year and Hennessy Carolina, Cardi B's sister was there. Ooh, full name. <laughs> Fucking flex, why don't you? And Isabel's like, First of all, Julie totally freaks out. Isabel's like, Julie, this is your moment. Like, you have to say something. And she's kind of in What did group. I say? She's talking to the guy from Hollywood Unlocked. I don't know. And Julie just makes a fucking beeline over to her. And next <laughs> thing you know, they are chatting it up in the corner. Oh, me and Hennessy loved each other. Oh, you know what it was? She was moving. She was moving from the Bronx to Queens. You were asking her how the move was going. Yeah. Well, she told she's me. Like, you need someone to drive that you all. <laughs> yeah, I would have. Oh, my God. I would have unpacked Hennessy's whole apartment. <laughs> So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Okay, let's take you now to scene seven where they're back at Scott's house and Scott is showing Chris some of the new landscaping of his house, this, that. One thing that was very funny, which I don't know if you wrote on the outline, was when Corey was trying to start the fire. Oh, yeah, and he's like, just like press that button over there. And Chris was not having it. Chris was my mom. That was peak my mom. Like my dad trying to do some sort of some sort of job and my mom was like micromanaging every aspect yeah. of it. You know what I mean? Oh my God. And I, I was mean, Scott. Chris is literally your mom. Yeah. It's yeah. the craziest thing. You guys, we they've never seen. Your mom? A picture of the- The two of them. Oh my God, you guys don't get it. Emma's mom is literally like- A carbon copy, copy of, of Chris Jenner. And I mean this with- And no- like classier if possible. Is that what you were going to say? You wanted well, me to say it? Well, no, I was going to say with no disrespect to Chris, I think she's absolutely stunning. My mom never had any work done, like no, no injection. So it was like a little more natural, I guess you could say. But I think Chris is absolutely stunning. I mean, they're both beyond gorgeous. And they are, I mean, there are pictures of your mom where I'm like, uh, it's so Chris, it's scary. It's cr- no, down to everything. Down to the earrings, to the Chanel, to the red lipstick, to the nails, like the big sunglasses. It's a good thing Chris Jenner ne- never met your mom because I think she'd be jealous of her. <laughs> I think she'd be like, how are you me, but better? <laughs> Could you imagine? We have to put up a side-by-side now. Yeah, we That's will. a Patreon thing because I feel like not Ooh. everybody cares. Ooh. Okay, so they're talking about talentless, obviously, which is 
Scott's clothing line. And I don't know if anybody else had felt this way, but even before this episode aired, I was always really curious about Chris's involvement. Like, I just assumed that any project any of them have, including Scott, that she would just take the 10% and kind of take on the manager duties. And the way it seemed in this scene was that he really had been doing it kind of on his own. She didn't know much about it. He was, like, educating her on the line almost. Yeah. He he didn't seem to— um, he didn't seem to have had that many previous discussions with her. And she was basically saying, I totally get you want to do this on your own, but like, you have to tell me when these things are launching, number one, so that the rest of the family can promote it. And number two, because there's a lot of press that we need to do around it. Like, we can get you on shows. And Scott was like, you know, I had never thought of that. I th- And the other thing Scott was saying, I thought this was so, like, cute of Scott. Where And I, he's done this before. He's like, I never wanted anybody, like, in the family to feel like they had to promote it. And it's like, well, first of all, obviously they would without feeling like they had to. It's just like, I feel like he always walks this line of not wanting to ask too much of them because he feels like, I don't know, maybe that he feels like he owes them so much already that he doesn't want to ask for more. I don't know, but it's so interesting. And I think there was this part of him that he like, he makes clear, but I think it's more than he let on. That was like, I just want to do this on my own. Like, I just want this to be Scott Disick, not Kardashian. I want this to be successful because I did the marketing and because I came up with the line and I did everything for it, which I get. I totally get. Although I have to say, he's lucky that this stuff was actually so appealing that it wasn't like they, it wasn't a pity, it wasn't a pity promotion when they did it. This stuff is sick. And it's no, what I they love wear. It. It's what they wear anyway. It is exactly what they wear. And Chris was saying, she was like, she was like, Corey doesn't take his off. She's like, he, he loves it. He lives in it. It's, it's very, again, like, very Kanye-esque. It is. It's kind of, honestly, I swear to God, you could show me that in a Yeezy sweatshirt, and I don't know if I'd be able to tell the difference if I was if it was just on camera. I could show you Yeezy in a Gildan sweatshirt, <laughs> and you honestly wouldn't know the difference. That's also you would true. honestly be like, Gildan and something else. <laughs> <laughs> So true. Gildan, and no, I don't think it's alternative apparel. I'm not sure. <laughs> Fucking Yeezy. <laughs> okay, moving you on. You know, I'd be like, Yeezy season three? <laughs> yeah, no, you, when we were, which we'll talk about later in tomorrow's episode about uh, Connie and David Letterman, when he picked up the shoes and was like, oh, 700s. I, like, I had no fucking idea. I know you knew. Yeah, I know all of them. They're 50, 700s. Yeah. So the next scene is Chloe, True, and Malika. They're going on the plane to Cleveland. And last time Malika was in Cleveland was when Shrew was born, which, if you remember, was also literally two days after Tristan cheated on Chloe. So that was just a really toxic time. And I can imagine she had a very negative view of Cleveland solely based on the fact that her previous experience was at such a tragic time. Do you think people go to Cleveland and they're like, oh, my God, what an amazing place. I can't let Tristan Thompson ruin this for us. (laughs) So there's a couple things about this scene that I want to touch on. Number one— that infamous Instagram of Chloe in the leopard cat suit or jumpsuit, whatever it's called, we saw the the behind the scenes. It was crazy. <laughs> it was it was worth watching every minute of keeping up with the Kardashians to get to that behind the scene photo of the leopard jumpsuit. Like clearly, you could not be more sarcastic, but I'm so serious. I know. Because <laughs> when that picture aired, it was like that was when she got so much shit for. Because that was like you know how sometimes Chloe facetunes and then she like fucking facetunes. That was like a f- hardcore facetune. And I loved just seeing it. I don't know. Is that what she said? We just sold 200 of these? Yeah, she's like, we just sold, like, she's like, we just sold out of these jumpsuits because it was good. Oh, America. 20 million. 20, 20 million. million. I was like, 200? That doesn't seem that much. <laughs> 20 million. Also, True was really adorable on the flight. But what happened? Oh. Oh, it's when she said, we sold 20 million of these jumpsuits. And she's like, good job, True. Now you get to go to college. <laughs> 
oh no, we never would have been able to afford it otherwise. It's the same, yep. <laughs> yeah, we just looked at each other. It's the same line from when they're in New York and, and Kim is like, yeah, oh. we got a free yoga membership. And Scott's like, thank God, we would have never been able to afford it. That's exactly how I felt. Yeah. I fucking love when they make those jokes. I know a lot of people would think that it's really uns- insensitive and not funny. And I see that, but I, I personally find funny. that it's really funny. Because yeah. at some point you have to make light of the extravagance that you are just such a part of. And I think that yeah. lines like that just do that. You know what I mean? Totally. Shall you take us now to Scott in the warehouse? Yeah, this was, uh, Scott was in a warehouse and uh, that's all that happened. (laughs) So do you want to take us to the scene after that? No, that was just showing his hands-on commitment to the product. It's like when when Kylie shows up at the lip kit factory and you're like, (laughs) you're really involved in this, aren't you? Wait, something really funny about this that I just realized is as I was telling you to intro it, I was about to say like, when you were like, yeah, so Scott was in a warehouse, I was like, and Julie had an orgasm. And I was thinking, we simultaneously talk about how hot Scott is and also how badly we want him on this podcast that if he ever did no, come no, on. I, I think about it every day. I don't know what we would do. Like we, we'd be asking him regular questions and, and not only would we be freaking out in the moment, but also it's so embarrassing now. Yeah. Like think about how many things we've said. Yeah. It's like, I could never actually. Like he mentions his bar mitzvah and we're like, we fucking need a minute. You know what I mean? Oh my God. Scott Disagot of Marmots, I would have given an OTPHJ oh in, a, in a coat closet. <laughs> fucking, oh my God. Right before the horror. <laughs> During the horror. <laughs> <laughs> fucking watch out. Okay. Um, let's. <laughs> I can't believe this is our job. I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. Okay. Let us now move on to scene 10. They finally, you know, North gets her way, as always, and they go camping. So it's Kim, North, Larsa, Larsa's daughter, Sophia, Tracy, and her daughter, Ryan. And this was one for the books, let me tell you. Let me tell you something else. (laughs) Tracy's kids are the cutest fucking things in the entire world. Underrated as fuck, and I think the middle one and and Saint are going to be a thing. Yeah, they could be. They totally could be. They went to Paw Patrol together. I know, I saw that. (laughs) They're in the car, and— Kim is FaceTiming Kanye and North takes the phone and she's like, hi, Kanye West. She like knows her. It's it's crazy that she has an understanding now of who her parents are. I think it was easier for her to grasp who, who Kanye was like because she can hear the things that he does and like hear his music. It was like that scene when they were at Nobu and Chris is talking to Mason. She's like, who's your favorite rapper? And, he's, and North goes, Kanye West is my dad. Like she knows, but it's so funny hearing her be like, hi, Kanye West. Like- it's so it's funny. It's so cute. That's what we titled this episode, I think, right? Yeah. We already submitted the graphic, yeah. So Kim is on camera talking about how she thinks it's going to go. She's like, here's how I think it's going to go. Larsa's not going to do anything, and Tracy's going to do everything. She's like, I wish True in Chicago were older so that I could make Chloe do everything. Yeah. <laughs> Which, obviously, if Chloe was there, she would have literally set up that entire tent by herself. Totally. Beyond, right? Oh, my God, of course. She would have had to. She would have had to. There's no way. Which is so funny. She said that. Not knowing that Chloe said the thing later in the episode about making the bed. Yeah. it's a, It's been a theme. I mean, just like she was Kim's assistant for the closet organizing, which we found out last week. Yeah. Right? I thought that, so one thing that's kind of interesting is that there's an, there's an age difference between these girls because North and Ryan are both five and Sophia's 11. But Sophia, Lars's daughter, seems to really get along like amazingly with all the kids. Yeah, I think she like, you know how sometimes when you have You'll get this, obviously, when you have family friends that are younger than you, but, like, significantly younger. And it's, like, you love, A, having these, like, cute family friends that are kind of, like, your cousins, but also, like, you get to be the one in charge because you're the oldest. Yeah. I think she kind of flexes that she, like that. She totally— Except, North, like, we know North is in charge. There's no way that, like, 11-year-old Sophia is in charge of North. North is in charge of everyone. North's in charge of me. Yeah. <laughs> like, same. North I get dressed in the morning. I'm like, I don't know if I'm like, like this. this. Yeah. 
the f- I thought this was the funniest thing ever. So they're on a boat going fishing. And Kim was saying that when she was 11, she would always go fishing with her stepbrothers. And obviously when you fish, because <laughs> I am such an experienced fisherman, you have to put worm as bait. Yeah, this, this was, was funny. so funny. She's saying that Courtney and their other stepsister would use, make picket signs and saying that she that Kim was killing the worms. So they would like walk around chanting like, down with Kimberly, we must stop her. <laughs> That's so funny. And then Kim calls her during the um, confessional. And she's like, what did you used to say to me when we would go fishing? And she like said it. She was like, down with Kimberly. We must stop Kimberly. And they would, said they would walk around like as if they were on like a literal picket line. <laughs> I don't know why. I, was, I wasn't even high when I was watching this. I was laughing out loud for a solid like eight minutes. It was fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I was just imagining Kourtney Kardashian at 11 with a little picket sign. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. Courtney has not changed a bit. That's so funny. No, it's literally the exact same. Oh, that was very funny, the pescatarian line. Who taught North about pescatarians? I don't know. They're talking about, I guess, having hot dogs or whatever. North's like, I'm actually a pescatarian. <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was North or Ryan who said it. Because oh. it like, it zooms out. Either way, even if it was Sophia, who taught any of the three of them about that? I don't know. And they're like, well, too bad, because that's what you're having. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, take us to the next scene, I feel Julie. like it was Ryan. She seems smart. Yeah, it probably was. Okay, next scene. Scene 11, for those of you keeping track at home. <laughs> so, Chloe, Malika, and Shu are in the car, and they're going to the Botanical Gardens. And Malika's kind of question, starting to question Chloe. And she's like, so does just trust the note you're taking true to Botanical Gardens. And she's like... Yeah, I told him. She's like, he didn't want to come. And she was like, well, he's he practice. He can't just, like, pick up and go. And it, it, it was like, Malika was so frustrated because, like, what's she going to say to that? But she, she was like, I just wish Tristan was here for these moments. And I, it was Malika's way of, like, kind of not only questioning the amount of time that Tristan's putting in with her, but tr- questioning the amount of time Tristan's putting in with True. And Chloe was quick to defend him to be like, he, he can't just pick up and go whenever he wants. He has practice. He has obligations. He, it would be nice if he couldn't. I'm sure he wishes he could, but he can't just, you know, okay, go, done with practice today. I'm going to go take my daughter to Botanical Gardens in the middle of the day. And I think Malika just wasn't happy with this answer. And I think Chloe was happy she was able to give it as an answer because it's like, who's going to fight with that excuse? I think you're spot on. I don't even have anything to add because I felt the exact same way. Great. Let me continue <laughs> with the conversation. Oh, so they get to botanical gardens or there's that like weird lizard gecko thing that they're playing with. But the thing that I was saying that I find that Chloe, Courtney, and Kim are all really good at, and I and probably Kylie, I just don't see enough of it, is that they're really good at giving their kids experiences rather than just things. Like True's obviously not gonna remember going to botanical gardens at one year old and one years old and like seeing that lizard and going on the train. But like, they're very good at giving them experiences and not just throwing things at them. Mm-hmm. Well, they do both. They do both, but it's like, there's a lot of things that they don't have. Like Kim didn't have to take North camping. She doesn't have to take her to Disney she World. She doesn't have to take her. Like the, they make sure that they do like, and, and I think Chloe's really good at it too. Like, I think Chloe probably does it more where she's like, I want them to experience these like little childhood things that a lot of kids do. Like going to Paw Patrol, going to Disney on Ice, all of those little things. I know. You know, when I watch the Kardashians, I I go through this really interesting duality in my mind of like, on one hand, it makes me so excited for motherhood and having kids and all that. And at the same time, it makes me realize how difficult it is. And you're looking at a family that has so So much help. Yeah. Like when I say difficult, I don't even mean in terms of like managing. It's just the amount of things that you have to do in order to keep your kid just like solely entertained. Just nothing else. I'm literally yeah. speaking from an entertainment perspective. And we're also, like I said, watching people that have so much help. It just, it's really crazy. Yeah. It's like, 
an ad for not getting pregnant as a teenager. <laughs> I know, it is. Who would have known? <laughs> so we just want to take one minute to tell you guys about Ava. It's this really cool company. It's basically an ovulation tracking bracelet. So let me explain. If you've ever struggled to conceive, then you know that getting pregnant isn't always easy. There's, you know, timing is everything, but it can be tough to know when your chances are the highest. So which days are you most fertile? And are you tracking your fertile window accurately? And all of these things. And have you ever wished that you could understand your cycle phases in real time? Because a lot of these very popular period tracker apps, there's still a large margin of error. I mean, personally, I always have a hard time understanding my cycle and what that means. So that is where Ava comes in. Ava is a Swiss startup company dedicated to advancing women's health and to breaking taboos around discussing the menstrual cycle, which I feel very passionately about. So what it is, it's a wearable CE certified medical device in the form of a comfortable bracelet that uses cutting edge technology to detect different phases of the menstrual cycle in real time. The amazing thing about this is that it's worn only at night. So even though the bracelet is like comfortable and stylish, the device only needs to be worn while sleeping. So you go to sleep wearing it and you wake up with more insight into your health and natural cycles. It's a very, very cool, you know, kind of process. Also interesting to note is that 20% of the price of Ava goes directly to the company's medical research and development in women's health, which I think is incredible. So ladies, it's finally time to understand your body. Visit avawomen.com to learn more. And for listeners of our program, you can receive $20 off your order by going to avawomen.com slash celebs and using our code celebs. Again, that's avawomen.com slash celebs and using code celebs for wherever you are in life. Okay, now back to the show. Okay, let's move on now to them in a tent. So this was just fucking hilarious because Larsa is exactly as Kim described her to be. <laughs> Useless. <laughs> she was just... And I don't think she would disagree with anybody saying it. No, Kim flat out was like, Larsa just shouldn't have come. Like, there was nothing that she um, contributed to the group, I guess, besides yeah. her daughter. Yeah. <laughs> She was just a waste of, like, and I like Larsa. I just would never be like, who am I going to go camping with? Let me take Larsa. Tracy's amazing on a camping trip. Tracy does everything. Let me take Larsa Pippin. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't even know why Larsa agreed to go in the first place. I feel like Sophia probably wasn't dying to go camping. It was just so funny. It was really cute. Um, North, and they were sitting by the fire, and Kim says to North, she's like, thank goodness Sainty didn't come. He would have been too cold. When she calls him Sainty to North, I, I just lose it. I know. It's so cute. And North and Sainty are finally getting along and, like, being cute and friends. I know. It was really sweet. The other thing is they're making the fire, and obviously none of them know how to make a fucking fire. And, like, they're like, what What do we do? Lighter fluid? That seems like too much. And little Ryan's in the corner like, you need Flint. You need Flint to make it. Which is why I feel like she's the one that said that pescatarian thing. She's a smart cookie, that little Ryan. She is a smart cookie. You know, she is. Yeah. We don't give her enough credit. We never talk about her. And the little baby, oh, he's a, he is. It's because Tracy is a really good example of, and I know she was initially the publicist, and now I don't know her exact role, like her title, but she's an example of someone she doesn't want to be in the public eye. Like, I don't think she's fame hungry. She happens to make a lot of appearances because of how close she is, but she's not, like, in it for the fame. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why we don't see the kids as much as we probably could. If you follow them, you see the kids? Of course. But I'm, if you, yeah. But, no, it is really interesting. And I think Tracy's a really um, good person for Kim to have in her corner. I think she's so, like, level-headed and and smart and grounded. Yes. That's the word you were looking for, right? Yeah. It's so true. Anyway, so they just, like, could not be more excited to leave, but they had the best time. And (laughs) she's like, but I hope North doesn't think it's a tradition because, like, fuck that. You know what was funny when they're in the tent? And obviously, Lars is, like, begging to leave. And Sophia's like, no, I kind of want to stay. And they're like— you have to stay. Like, you're <laughs> staying. You're not going, first of all. And North comes in to, like, say goodnight, and she's like, everybody pray. 
That was a very that was a shout out to Sunday service. That was a shout out to you, Julie. Yeah, you know what? Between she- North Prang and Sour Skittles, this family is a little <laughs> bit too on to me. <laughs> it's the fences. Okay, let us now transition back to Cleveland, where Chloe and Malika are at Tristan. I guess Tristan and Chloe's house, and they are making. Chloe is making Tristan's bed. I guess it's their bed, right? Yeah, it's Tristan's. It's Tristan's bed. bed. Okay, I have a couple things to say. Number one, those sheets, we I wanted to just fall into them. They were charcoal gray, almost like satin. Did they not look like the most inviting? Yeah. Just like, yeah. I want to just roll around, not even with a guy. Just, it was like, like singing sheets of Egyptian cotton from Uptown Girl. Oh, yeah. What a call. Wow. Yeah, so anyway, so Chloe's making the bed, and she is. She's unbelievable. And Oh, Kim, yeah, she's amazing at it. And that's when she said that Kim was like, yeah, you know, Kim used to say that I should be a housekeeper when I was older. Like, so. but, but Chloe took it as such a compliment. She was like, yeah, I am amazing at making the bed. <laughs> and I, I, like, wrote it down on the paper. Like, Emma always tries to do this to me, where she's like, <laughs> she's like, please, will you give me a water? You're so good at it. I'm like, if you, we were, like, fighting about it last night because she does it to Carly also. And she'll be like, please, will you go do this for me? You're so good at it. I'm like, if you just asked me instead of trying to manipulate me, I would happily do it. But when you use wording, you're like, please, you're so, oh my God, with that little whiny voice you do. I'm like, fuck no. No, you're spot on. It's exactly what I do. It just works for some reason. Not with me, with Carly, it does. Well, you end up doing it anyway, but maybe not because of that tactic. Anyway, they're making the bed and Chloe's, and Malika's on this train of really kind of interrogating her. Not interrogating, but... What's a good way to put it? Kindly questioning, ask, question, questioning her happiness with Tristan, and I, I don't know. I just think that Chloe wasn't being so. She wasn't lying, but she wasn't being so open, open, open about her Ugh. dissatisfaction. Right? Yeah. Okay. Also, the point that everybody wanted us to, us to talk about was that all of the pictures of Tristan were blurred, and everybody was like, "Oh my god, did he like cause a scene after?" We had no idea until Chloe tweeted about it. And Chloe was like, yeah, I have no idea why that was the case. She was like, I, she's like, obviously we, I'm not trying to hide his identity. She's like, maybe he didn't sign a waiver for those particular pictures. She's like, I'll find out about it. I have no idea. I think he just didn't sign a waiver for the season. But we thought that it was. I always thought it was because he didn't sign a waiver. You thought it was because she wanted him blurred out? No, no, no. I, I. I agree. I thought that too, but I'm just saying it's everybody noticed it. Like she was kind of like nonchalantly saying it. I wanted somebody to be watching it for the first time being like, God, who are those pictures of? (laughs) Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. So before we take you to the next scene, we just want to take one minute to tell you guys about Third Love. (laughs) Our favorite bra in the entire world. We talk about this company all the time, but we're going to tell you about it again because we seriously could not think more highly of the company. So... Here's the deal. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. The whole thing about this company is that the bras are so customized and like really designed to fit your boobs the right way, which as you know, I've said it for forever and I always will because I think it's such a testament to this company. I literally don't wear bras. Like it's just not a thing. And when I have to, I only wear this one. And Julie, no joke, we didn't even know we were doing this ad is wearing it right now. Literally, I wear it all the time. When we saw when we walked in and we saw that we were doing the ad today, she's like, oh my God, it's so fitting. (laughs) I was so I couldn't be more excited. It's amazing. So the other great thing is that they have more sizes than most brands. They offer more than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. So let me explain to you how the Fit Finder quiz goes. Basically, you answer a few simple questions to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. So number one, over 12 million women have taken the quiz. 
it's fun. Like it takes less than a minute and you find, you know, you put in your shape and your size, symmetrical, asymmetrical, whatever it is, and it fits you with the perfect bra. The other thing that I love is that it's a hundred percent fit guarantee. So every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it in third level, wash it and donate it to a woman in need, which is honestly amazing. No, really incredible. Yeah. I know. So Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash celebs now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash celebs for 15% off today. Okay, and now let us transition back to the show. <laughs> I'd love to. Okay, so Chloe and Malika are still in Cleveland and they are at lunch together. So Malika's boyfriend, OT Genesis, who we shouted out last episode because LeBron James did the video with Tristan. I love OT Genesis. Yeah, he's amazing. And he FaceTimes her talking, and Chloe's asking her. She's like, yeah, do you, do you miss him? And Malika's like, yeah, I do. And Chloe's like, yeah, you know, that's because you guys are always together. And Malika's like, well, yeah, that's typically how it is in, in the beginning of relationships. Like, Chloe had a different—Chloe's always, because she's always dating athletes, always has a different dynamic. Yeah. She's not used to that feeling of constantly being together kind of right. thing, you know? Um. This was probably the most candid conversation of the entire episode in terms of Chloe and Malika. Chloe was ready to talk about it at this Chloe. point. I feel like at the other point she wasn't, and that's why she said the thing, like, do you miss him? Like, she was kind of egging the conversation on. Yeah, so Malika asked her, you know, is everything okay with Tristan? And Chloe says, listen, I'm not going to pretend like everything is okay. She says, I thought this was really interesting, that Tristan counts the months. Yeah, where, she'll, where he'll be like, it's been seven months. And she's like, okay, it's been seven months, and so what? Right, Like, and she said, she was like, yeah, it's been seven months, but you have to think in terms of it's been seven months since you spent one stupid weekend and ruined a three-year relationship. It's just so interesting. Like, listening to her talk about it, it's like, why are they still together? I have such a duality with it because on one hand, duality. No, no. That, that you was just liked when I said it? I just like when you say that. Yeah. I thought I said it wrong. No, no, you said it right. I, I just think on one hand, it's like, I question if she's delusional in the sense where she's so in love with him that she doesn't care. And then I, on one hand, it seems like she just so doesn't care at all about him that she's just together because it's the easier option. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's the first one. I don't think she's deeply in love with him here. I think it's maybe for true sake. I don't know. Right. Like here, she's not making it seem, but the other times where she stays with him and she's talking about it, we're like, let me ask you a question. That conversation after he cheated, where they stayed together. And she said, you know, we're lucky, he's lucky the cameras weren't there. Like I screamed at him or whatever. We never heard what his side of the conversation was. Can you really imagine a world where Tristan is like on his hands and he's begging to get back together? Or she just yelled at him and then forgave him and there was no real like, please, can we make this work? I have no idea. I really don't. I never really thought about that I never before. thought about it either. I, you're right though. I can't, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I can't imagine a world where I envision Tristan seriously, like on his hands and knees. And she's never said that. She's never said anything even along the lines of him being like, you know, he, he, he felt so guilty. He wanted to make this work. Like those words, if, correct me if I'm wrong, have never come out of her mouth. I, I don't think they have. I can't remember it. There's a part of me that could, that thinks it could be like, let's say he really was engaging in such um, almost desperation to kind of get back with her. I could see Chloe not voicing that because she could look at it as almost emasculating and she's so protective of her, like she's almost more protective of her boyfriends than she is of herself. And I could imagine her not wanting to air that side. 
I, I'm not saying it happened. I just could see it happening and her never talking about it. She was more concerned about making it apparent to all of us that she was mad about it than making it apparent to all of us that he felt bad about it. I never got the sense that he felt guilty. It was kind of like he cheated, she got mad, and then nothing ever happened. Because you, because, but the, and you're so right, but the basis of it is like, it's so different with like, Beyonce and Jay-Z type situation where it's like a one-time, like we talked about this in our in the bonus Patreon episode, like where it's a one-time thing versus like Tristan, how can you really sit there and say that I feel so guilty? Like it wasn't like you had a drunken mistake. It's like you were a serial cheater. You know what I mean? Like to me, to me, there's a major difference. Like, no, there isn't. I mean, and, and we don't know the logistics of the Beyonce Jay-Z cheating, but I I I do agree that how but then like I don't know. This is what I question a lot. Like, why would Tristan be like, okay, let's stay together? Maybe for maybe also for True's sake. I don't know. It's such an interesting. It's so I weird. Mean, to hold me. on, hold on. Let's just let's call a spade a spade here. It's not like he had zero love for her at all. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like. He, uh, he obviously, and she said this, doesn't respect her to the extent that she should be respected as a woman and as a partner. It's hard for me to imagine that, like, he would cheat on her as publicly as he did without a care in the world and still fight to stay with her. I don't know if what I'm saying makes sense, but it it just doesn't seem— I always question that. I always question, like, if you want it out, why wouldn't you just go out? It wasn't a one-time mistake. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, is it because he's being so well taken care of? Well, first of all, that's what I was just going to say. Even, so, okay, okay, hold on, let's backtrack. We've established that we do think that he loves or loved at one point Chloe, right? There's that. So there's one aspect. But number two, especially the fact that he was in Cleveland, really not surrounded by like, yeah, he has his teammates, but it's not like he has like so, so, so many. It's not like he has a whole Kardashian family or like all this family. To have not only like a woman there that's comforting in itself, but to have Chloe, who literally is like the best homemaker there is, I think that was part of what he was in love with. That's so childish It's so of him. fucked up, but I, I really do. That's it's, when we talk about- It's like, I, no, what? No, you say? go. No, no, you go. I, I was saying that, like, that's when we talk about her treating him like a child. Like that is the most childish approach to the relationship that I've ever heard. Like, oh, she takes care of me. Yeah. Like what you want is a mom, not a partner. It's almost like he missed, like, I almost feel like the scene of her making the bed was setting us up for this scene. Because it's almost like as much as he missed her, he probably missed that aspect of it too. Like he's, he, just, he didn't know what he was missing. She even fucking fr- sprayed the Febreze on the bed. Did you see that when she finished yeah. making it? Like just to make sure it smelled delicious for him. God. Let me tell you something. <laughs> If I was with somebody and they cheated on me, make the own damn bed. Make the own damn bed. Or fucking hire someone to do it. Like anything, but I wouldn't I wouldn't the way, touch a pillowcase. The way no, it's unbelievable. I I can't I will never this is a conversation that I seriously will never get tired of having because anytime I think that I could, I just envision that video of him putting his face in between that waitress's tits in public. Forget about it. That is how you know. I don't care. You can say whatever you want. You have no respect for your fucking partner. No respect. It's one thing to like one time cheat on a one-off in a random hotel room somewhere. In fucking public on video camera. No. To like motorboat this. She was like, fuck it. Just fuck it. That is so goddamn. Anyway. Okay. 
So Malika asks her, are you still in love? And she says, I am in love, but I'm not going to act like nothing's wrong, but I'm not going to force him. He needs to know, look what this one stupid weekend did to a three-year relationship and what that was, when was it worth it, which Julie said earlier. And Chloe says that Tristan is, you know, engaging in certain self-help activities. He's going to therapy and... She said, she's like, he knows that I'm still trying. She's like, I don't have to come back to Cleveland. I don't have to do any of all this. And I wouldn't do it if I didn't feel anything. And so she was saying, like, I do feel something. I can't say what it is, but I do think it's something. The other interesting thing that she said was, um, she said, if I felt like our relationship was affecting the energy I have with True, where if I was constantly worried about where he is and what he's doing and it was taking time away True, she was like, I'd be out in two seconds. It's not worth it for me. Yeah. So to me, that's like a, I don't know, that goes back to the side of, do you just not care anymore? Well, now we know. I mean, how many, how long ago was this filmed? Because now they're not together. Right. This was in October. Right. So something must have happened from October to June to whatever these questions that we're asking were obviously answered. Well, it's interesting because they did spend New Year's together. And then after New Year's is when it was, remember, like radio silent up until Jordan Gate. Do you remember that video, the infamous of him, video? Of her riding on him and him not paying attention? Yeah, and, and everybody was like, that's the video that kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't think that that's true, but I could imagine it just fueling to the fire. Let me ask you a question. If Tristan had cheated on Chloe privately, like let's say the second time he cheated on Chloe wasn't with Jordan and it was a private situation and she had found out about it but there was no cameras there do you think she would have just gotten over it again do you like I'm asking do you think the reason this was so bad for her and that she was so unwilling to forgive him is because she was publicly embarrassed and not because he did something wrong honestly okay I, I think most people would disagree with my answer I honestly don't think so I think it would have had the same reaction do you think I, the first time would have been as bad if it wasn't public no. Well, I guess it couldn't have been better because she forgave him. No, but it could have been. No, I don't. Th- I think. It, I don't think it would have been as bad. No. I, I think the, the the publicness of it was a huge aspect because that was the blatant disrespect. The fucking video, and the fact that she was in labor. I mean, but like, not that there's any circumstance where I think that cheating on somebody isn't a blatant disrespect of of them and your relationship, but. I mean, to do it that publicly in that in that way, it was just— It's heartbreaking. The way we talk about it, it's like we were cheated on. It really I was. Really, there was a period of time. I couldn't sleep. I know. I literally, it was like physically affected me. Is that a meme of like you're like, because if it's not, it should be like you're on a date with a guy and he's like, she's like, yeah, like I have trust issues. And he's like, why? What happened in your past? Like, oh, this one time, Chloe and Tristan. Like, we literally That's, take on yeah. their problems. You know what I mean? Like, okay. no one can tell me I haven't been cheated on. <laughs> I know. I know what that feels like. <laughs> So the next scene was just like Tristan. It was a video of Tristan kind of holding and hugging True. And yes, he's sweet with him, her. And yes, he looks really hot as a dad because he is really hot. And I have nothing else to add to that because my th- thoughts on that change. I don't think he's a terrible father in, in terms of the way he acts with her, not in terms of how he treats her mother. I'm just saying I don't think he's terrible physically with her. Like I think he's a knows how to be a dad in that regard. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I mean— one could argue it's it's easy to be a dad when all you're doing is like picking up your kid and doing the fun things. Right. It totally is. I I don't think and also I you and I both like have always we talk about this in private all the time about like other issues of I think that you can't be being a good husband and being a good father in certain ways are synonymous because how are you gonna publicly disrespect the mother of your children and still consider yourself a good parent to that child? Yeah. You know? I, I, I do feel really strongly about that. And I think that there are there are circumstances where maybe that 
you don't have the best relationship, but there's a difference between not having a good relationship and and doing something blatantly to disrespect that person. And I and I think it, it is a cute because first of all, as a parent, you're you're and we talk about this a lot as well, you're setting your kid up for the type of person they're going to be with. And regardless of who true at chooses to be with man or whatever, you're setting your kid up and giving them an example of the way they should be treated by the way you're treating their their mother. So it's like as a parent, you're if you're setting them up for failure almost by doing that, it's like how can you consider yourself a good parent? Yeah, no, it's exactly. The last scene was Scott at his talentless shoot, which was behind the scenes of the GQ interview. And nothing really to say here other than it's nice to see Scott doing it, doing it fully, putting his heart into it, and looking really fucking sexy while doing so, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the only thing that would have made that scene better was if Sophia was one of the models. But we'll get, we'll get there. We'll get there. It's really nice to see Scott do something and do something flow out. Because I feel like in the amount of t- we've seen Scott take on so many projects over the past, and it's always something happens where it falls through. Like it's just nice to like it was just one more layer of him being just like this new person. New Scott. Yeah, it was like it was like a very nice little ode to his evolution, kind of. Yes. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are concluding for the day. We'll be back tomorrow. We're recording it today. It'll be released tomorrow with Brad Gresky for our regular episode. So many things to talk about: Kanye and Letterman and Kylie's vlog and literally everything. Also, one more plug for our Patreon, which we launched this weekend. Which is fucking amazing, it's amazing, to be honest. It's so much fun. Um, if you don't know what Patreon is, basically it's this website where content creators can create more content at, um, basically it's kind of like a subscription service. So we have two different tiers and we just put out a lot of bonus stuff because there's too many things to talk about and we can't do it all here. And we needed another way to connect with you guys and also for you guys to connect with each other because every single person who listens to this episode cares about the little tiny stuff that we do and we needed to make that happen. So check it out, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash comments by celebs. And I think you'll love it, honestly. We're having we're getting really good feedback. It's happening. It's oh so God. much fun. It's so much fun. And you can see our faces. And you can see our faces. <laughs> yeah, we like one of the perks that you get added to our close friends on Instagram. So I'm having so a field much, day. Yeah, no, Emma's posted 20 selfies. <laughs> oh, I don't want anybody to see my face. Oh. <laughs> it's so much fun. I like forgot I, I could do that because we never post ourselves in the account. And also other amazing behind the scenes stuff. Just like if funny I do shit. say so myself. Yeah. Okay, that is it. We will see you guys next week and we love you. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.